that. But if you want, I'm, I'll, I'll come and hold I'm, you. Hold you know, it's Christina. generally going to be a case of when I'm free. I'm in Rome for two days this week. Oh, well, you know what they say, when in Rome. When in Rome. Hello and welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. You're back for the second podcast this week. It's the usual crowd. It's me, Tom. Hello. Uh, across from me is Dan, the man. Yeah, I waved. You're waving on a podcast. And up in Scotland, joining us as ever in, I think we assume he's in the kinky kitchen once more, is Duncan. Yo, yo, yo. I am indeed in the kinky kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Free, 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 free. Duncan's in the kinky kitchen. What, 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 what? Um, okay, so this is really awesome. We're going to be taking a little bit of an in-depth look at Stranger Things. We're going to be slipping ourselves into the upside down. <laughs> so I'm going to hand you over to Dan. So I, it was, it's not even a, it's not quite a love letters. Because I don't feel like this is, love letters, it covers the things that truly we just talk about all the time. Yeah. This is kind of, uh, we've got season three coming out and I'm quite excited about it. Starts on Thursday and I on Netflix. To just, yeah. And I wanted to go back through seasons one and two, not a like per episode kind of thing, just in a, I really appreciate what they've done with this TV series. Like I really, yep. looking back at it, like I watched a few episodes, rewatched a few episodes leading up to this. Um, and I really appreciate the style. I really appreciate the content and how excellent the writing is, how excellent the, the actors are. And I just wanted a whole episode to say that, like we we, be, we don't really talk about strange things very often. Um, and with, with Russ... <laughs> coming back soon and having not watched Stranger Things this is our opportunity to just have a in fact about Stranger Things. almost getting to the point where he's deliberately not watching it purely because it annoys us but you know my conspiracy theory is that he's watched it yeah and he's just fucking yeah. with <laughs> yeah, us basically, yeah basically yeah I wouldn't put it past him so it's not going to be like an in-depth well in episode 3 and 25 seconds in if this happens and it's going to be a, I really like the style of it and just going through I suppose it is a love letters why why we the things we like about Stranger Things and what we kind of want to see in Series 3. I'll tell you the story of how I got into it. Yeah. So it got to <laughs> about the seven or eighth episode was already out on Netflix. Mm. And people at work were just going, and you as well, were telling me all about how great it was, how brilliant the kids were, how great the um, kind of depiction of this kind of hellish dreamscape, the Upside Down was. And just... You know, everyone was talking about it. Everyone was going on about how good the theme song was as well. And I was, I just was kind of resisting, resisting, resisting. And eventually, I, oh, thanks, mate. Eventually, I got, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I shouldn't thank you for. No, I just, I just went on the way to do that quietly. He literally, yeah. <laughs> well done, Dan, for passing a bottle of water very quietly. And then I went, oh, cheers, mate. Um, anyway. And uh, so I was watching, <laughs> so I was, I, I hadn't, I'd sort of resisted. I was just like, oh, I can't really get involved in this and stuff like that. But eventually I said to my missus, oh, Stranger Things, like everyone's fucking going on about it. Like we should really watch it. There's about eight or nine episodes. Well, that's music to my wife's ears because she, she cannot stand a weekly series. My, my missus is binge watcher through and through. She's the per kind of person that wants to watch like, you know, when we got into Killing Eve, the second series was already finished. She was like, I just want to watch all of it, episode after episode after episode. So I just said, well, look, you know, if we start watching Stranger Things tonight, by the time we get through it, the first series will be done. 
Well, so it was all on in one, one chunk. They just put the whole lot on. Well, so, mm. uh, it's, you know, I didn't even know that at the time. I, loads of people were telling me, was at the time at work, were sort of going, oh, I'm on episode eight, I'm on episode eight. So I just assumed it was being released episode by episode. So then I, we just watched it. And we watched two or three episodes that night. And then we watched three episodes the next night. And we just got completely hooked in. It's brilliant. It is very, very good. You watched series one, Doug, but you didn't finish season two. Is that correct? I'm like three episodes shy of finishing season two um but i've gone through and i've read what happens so i know what happens um i i can't remember it must have been us uh, well probably you dan but uh i don't know because i watched netflix anyway quite a lot and it was being advertised on netflix there was all the stuff about it um yeah you talked about it but i'm sure like shah probably or Russ also and it was talked about on probably a WhatsApp group anyway um, it was certainly talked about so I did watch it because it was so the reviews were like oh it's like all the best things about the those films in the 80s that you loved and a lot of the kids films that you kind of were scary but were still fine and yes the music is fantastic Admittedly, I found Winona Ryder and the how neurotic her character was throughout series one just eventually <laughs> a bit too much and annoying at times. But um, the suspense, the fact that there was a whole Dungeons and Dragons aspect to it and that there was a bunch of nerdy kids and I could relate to that quite a lot. Uh, but uh, but was, I mean, also, uh, also, isn't it just awesome that you're seeing people like Brett Gelman... Paul Reiser, Matthew Modine, you know, Sean Astin is in it. You know, all these really great actors sort of have been pulled into the series as well, well. Um, you know, held together by Millie Bobby Brown, Gaten Matarazzo, Finn Wolfhard, Caleb McLaughlin, word, 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 Noah Schnapp, Natalie Dyer, David Harbour, you know, all these really fucking amazing actors playing really cool characters the, oh, the, I mean, the story is amazing. The, the, you know, it is such a good... It draws you in. It yeah. is so addictive to watch, as you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the, the acting is fantastic. It really draws you in. It's such a good story. It keeps you hooked. And um, do you know what's so great? And what I really do think is one of the best... Is one of the reasons why it has done so well. Is that life is relatively dull. Mm-hmm. And in general people don't always talk about the the thing that's happening and stuff like that what i love is the family mundanity that they managed to capture perfectly like the parents almost like you know laughably disinterested in what's going on when the scientists like take over their house at the end of the first series um you know and even dustin's um, mum like um what's his name is he toothless what's his, what's his name in um the kids, what's the the, the character's Dustin. name? Oh, it's Dustin. Yeah, it is Dustin. Um, you know, when he's like hiding the little demogorgon that he's yeah. <laughs> that he's managed to sort of hide in his bedroom. So that's that says everything to me. The, yeah. What I love about it is, it says it's it's a series about childlike adventure, because you've got the parents leave apart from uh, David Harbour's character. Yeah. And Winona Ryder's character, the parents are leading these relatively normal lives. Yeah. And the kids are just like, Will's trapped on the upside down. Yeah. Let's go get him. Yeah. And it's like, well, obviously not like that. But it's, they they just give no shits. 
Yeah. Like they're they're, out, they're they're scared briefly, but then they go and do it. It's that's where the the Goonies aspect kind of comes into it, and it's got that real feel of they're going to do this anyway because it's the right thing to go do. Quite and right. And they're the kids. And then you've got the idea of the, the teenagers uh, leaving adolescence, and like it, it's it it doesn't it doesn't hold back with that. Like uh, one of them in the first series just loses her virginity which is like a sign of someone becoming an adult but then being drawn back to this childlike adventure as well and and the situation of her and then the guilt because obviously you know it's a very relatively realistic situation that she would go somewhere with her friend and her friend at this party and is left alone uh, whilst he goes off and um, you know the feeling of the guilt of your you've gone off to do something else and normally nothing would happen and that's why that kind of situation would uh, arise and uh, you can never forget Barb. No, and also is there anything <laughs> is there anything more scary than a monster that has no visible eyes but yet can see and sense everything around it. You know, I mean the 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 design of the demogorgon or whatever it's what whatever it really is because of course demogorgon is a um is a D um monster type well, isn't it they name it because it doesn't have a name yeah so well they call it the demogorgon yeah. because it's a thing from D. um you know it's it's a fabulous design and of course with it it's as alien as the upside down which looks almost like a you know a kind of nuclear winter version of the world you're in it couldn't be more scary. Yeah, it does. It does a great job of of really, like the, the upside down is terrifying. Like there is no way anyone would want to enjoy spending time in the upside down. No, and the way they ramp it up, right? So season one is in some ways actually relatively fun. It's still relatively light. There are aspects of it that are a bit lighter. Yes, it's got those really tense moments, and yes, it is scary because the demagogue is demagogue and is terrifying mm. but then there is something far more scary in it it just gets more intense and in season two because there is the the, the ten because you feel the tense relationships amongst our protagonists again amongst our heroes and mm. there's these love interests and and that, and that that's that dynamic suddenly everything's it's not just falling apart because there is this big the mind flayer um around there is there is other social tensions and that uh, the reason why i did stop watching season two was as soon as will gets infected hmm. i was just uh, i i can't cope with that and especially <laughs> the bit where he goes it doesn't like the heat and like oh my god that is terrifying i can't i can't deal with that i'm gonna i don't like that bit I'm going to leave it for a bit because that creature thing and the whole infection thing, just that bit wigs me out a wee bit. Mm. But I've managed to start watching it again, apart from my internet stopped letting me watch it. Okay. Which was annoying. Yeah. I tried to watch it this morning and it only up there buffered to 20%. Probably give Stadia a miss for a while then. Um, <laughs> so I, the dynamics between the children are, even when things are getting incredibly surreal, there's such childlike dynamics of the the one that wants to go do the brave thing the one that's like no no we need to tell your mum no we need to do this and the arguments that ensue over a girl albeit a girl that's just come from the upside down with incredible 
uh, like mental abilities. Uh, all of these are, are arguments that, that teen, you know, young teenagers have, um, and they're incredibly realistic, they despite are. the fact it's about something that is just utterly bizarre. Um, and what I like picking up Will's voice on the walkie-talkies. And yeah, things so like that. the thing that I absolutely adore about Stranger Things is it does that thing that we talk about when they when a good games remake comes out. Mm. So with Resident Evil Two remake when yeah. that came out, we we say that that game it it plays like I remember. Actually, Doom's a better example. It plays like I remember the original Doom playing, but obviously that's not what it played like. Yeah, this plays like eight, like an 80s movie even though it's a TV series like I remember the 80s movies playing when I was a kid or a teenager yeah uh, um, even the, the ones that you go back and, and like when you get to our age that it's about whether something holds up or doesn't hold up true um, and Stranger Things is all those things when you go back and watch and they go oh that holds up but in 4k resolution yeah um with epic music it, it's nostalgia that's been bottled thrown all over a modern tv series yeah uh, and tugs at the heartstrings when it needs to the ending of season one i was genuinely on the edge of my seat for the whole thing yeah and also kind of as soon as will spat whatever it was that was stuck yeah. in his throat at the time into the sink the infection yeah. it was just like oh shit man this is still going yeah. and again I, I you know i've got to say stranger things has is if it's for me you know, two and two on two in terms of yeah. um, season endings. Oh my god! Brilliant. Yeah. Both 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 um, seasons ended brilliantly with proper good cliffhangers and proper resolution as yeah. well. They got Will home, but something's wrong with Will. That's what ends the first one. In the same with the second one, they all got home. They shut the the gate, and now, unfortunately, that when it drifts under the under. Mm. Un- the upside down you see the the thing staring through the portal at all of them the big shadow monster brilliant so good builds suspension incredibly well yep definitely apparently uh, i was reading up about it um they well okay so there's definitely well, obviously we know there's season three there is likely to be a season four um and it's more that umming and ahhing whether it'll be a four season thing or it'll be a five season thing so there is likely to be a four season but whether there's more than four seasons it's uh, not sure it's not necessarily just mm. whether it's a success and whether there's going to be the money for it it's more whether the writers feel it's the right the right thing yeah that's the i mean i'd heard it was just gonna be three seasons and like just leave it there but but that's it feels like they don't want it to outstay its welcome. Because mm. I'd imagine you get to season six and seven, you, you, there's only so much you can do with the idea of this Although 80s I, and such, and their kids as well. They'll yeah. start growing up at some point. Although I'd also say that like Netflix is not necessarily the the best example of a company that you know <laughs> knows when things have outstayed its welcome. If they did, mm-hmm. then they would know that no one else wants to see more Adam Sandler films. <laughs> No, that that I'd imagine that's a contract they've done with Adam Sandler, so specifically for, I mean, for ten <laughs> films or something. Oh my god! Like but they but they are just degrading yeah. in quality. To be fair, Netflix are very good at letting a story play out, and and uh, admittedly, with the Marvel stuff, it's less about uh, they've decided to cancel them, and more about the fact that Marvel's got its own streaming service coming up, so it'll be a conflict of interest, I suppose. Um, 
but I think they're very good at a letting story play out as as long as it needs to, and then b once it's done, it's done. Uh, I think the difference is with Stranger Things is that this is their vehicle. This is their big vehicle. Uh, the, probably the most popular Netflix series now that House of Cards is done. I'd say. Oh, why did that end? Um, so Stranger <laughs> Things is. <laughs> uh, I, I I absolutely adore Stranger Things. The, the music's a good point. The theme tune itself just was written by someone that has a genuine idea of of like uh, John Carpenter scores. It sounds like a John Carpenter score. Mm. Um, and then the music they choose throughout the series, the eighties music, isn't necessarily obvious stuff, but it works really, really well. Oh, sure. Um, like the the with the clash of a stay or should I go as well and um, they really up the ante in the second series yeah. as well I, and also I love how L has developed as a character yeah um, and actually That's going through sort of way, petulant petulant adolescence like yeah. during the second one and actually you know kind of kind of actually completely acceptable and kind of understandable <laughs> petulance and allows you know he's allowed a certain amount of rebellion um, when she meets up with her sister. Um, well, not her, you know, not her real sister, but the another test subject. I love that though. I, lo- I Three, love that. Y- two, one, boom. They um, that, that's another thing about it, it's about growing up and staying young. Yeah. So she's another character that's that's growing, going through a rebellious phase, and then you, nearly every character in it's got a good character arc. The only one that I'm slightly questionable about is the guy, the cool guy in season two, Steve. Know, um, no, not Steve. Steve's character arc is amazing. Oh, sorry. Steve's um, one of my favourite characters in it. Um, I know who you mean. Um, is it Bobby? Billy? Billy, yeah. The guy with the long blonde hair. Oh, yeah. the one whose dad what? is abusive. And, yeah. yeah. Max's, um, Max's brother. Max's brother, brother. Yeah. Who's, yeah, Billy. Who's, who's obviously a racist, and I kind of get that. And he's set up, I think, to be the big bad in season three. But at the same time, so far, and you know, we, we've barely scratched on his arc. I'm not so sure that's as good as everything else in it. So, for example, Sheriff Hopper's character arc is amazing. Like, I'm a massive fan of of um, of getting the story out in a way that works. Yeah. Um, and in the first episode, they're they're doing the um, they're going through the they're looking through the woods for Will, and uh, the science teacher's there and he's talking about Will and he goes, uh, he's a good kid, you know, and uh, uh, he starts talking about um he goes my daughter she did this this and this and um and then she goes oh well that means your daughter will probably how old is she she and uh and your daughter will probably be coming into one of my classes uh sooner rather than later probably not she lives with her mum and then sheriff hopper walks away and one mm-hmm. of the other ones goes she died and it's like that could have been so easy uh you know my daughter died when i was so and so and that really split me and my wife up but yeah. they just show that by him saying that she lived with his his wife his ex-wife says that it didn't end very well and then using someone else to say oh well she's dead it, 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 it's not the most obvious route but it works really really well and it makes it much more natural in terms yeah. of conversation which you need that kind of realism when you've got a tv series that is as out there as stranger things is as well they did a really good job of um, showing flashbacks yeah. for Elle. Um, Elle's flashbacks to her time as a test subject are some of my favourite um, 
sort of par- parts of a TV series, especially a, sci- a sort of a sci-fi. Russ would maybe argue that it isn't sci-fi, but you know, a sort of a sci-fi yeah, fantasy. A wanker, yeah, he is a wanker. <laughs> yeah, I can't fucking wait until he stops doing this bloody podcast again. I hope he never. Comes <laughs> I hope back. he never comes yeah. back. The cockbag. <laughs> um, you know, there's some of the best. Love you, Russ Tits. Love you. Yeah. Hashtag Russ Tits. Oh yeah. Um, you know, is uh, it's, it's all pitch black. It's her fearfully advancing through the unknown you know that whole sort of weird apparatus having to be submerged in water and almost dying to be able to access this kind of weird place between worlds until eventually she encounters the demogorgon feeding and she initiates contact with it and then that's it the you know everything starts breaking through from breaking through to the other side so um it's just wonderful i think i think they they have this incredible mix of reality and and fantasy in it's, one place it's very cleverly done the attention to detail i know we mentioned the music but the fact that the the lettering the title lettering and even the, in the credits uh a lot of it is direct from a stephen i think they use the same stuff that stephen king uses yeah and i definitely. think they got the permission from him oh he probably was a fan anyway he was like yeah i love this do it um because he he is actually with that kind of well obviously he would love this kind of stuff so that attention to detail that makes the impact because it hooks you straight in and i love that every time you're coming through the letters in and suddenly you're in there and it and it's that hook i I just love it just gives you that feel you're like right it's this time warmth and then it envelops you yeah yeah i think um that yeah that's a, that's a really good point that it, it just gives it that you know exactly what you're getting with stranger things when you see the title screen um it does a lot of the other thing that it does that a lot of good late 70s 80s horror films do is does is does a good god bad english who cares um <laughs> it doesn't show the big bad like throughout most of the show you see glimpses of it but you don't see you don't see the whole thing until yeah. until it's until it's really scary. It really uh, ramps it up. It's like if you saw the alien in Alien, yeah, like early on through the film, yeah. it wouldn't be anywhere near as scary as it is. They do a really good job of building up tension. And to be fair, that I mean, they do they do do the same trick, which is um, obscuring the true form. The alien is never never once seen. You know, almost full bodied, bodied until it's blown out the airlock. Yeah, because it would look like someone in a suit. Because it would look like someone in a suit. Yeah. In the same way that the demogorgon is seen is it, as soon as you see it full bodied and it gets slammed against the wall by L at the end it's look it looks junky and unreal <laughs> if you know what yeah. i mean um but it is very clever um they did an incredibly good job with the fluttering sort of petal like mouth and head yeah. that it's got i mean it's it's so when, alien when that thing kills bob as well oh but the way it's it's grim, it's so sad. It? I, Joe Bob again, great character. I was convinced he was a bad guy. I was convinced he was a bad. guy The whole as way well. through, me and yeah. my, me and the missus were just like, "Oh, what's Bob up to with yeah. with um, with Will's mum?" Like, "Oh God, what's he doing?" and stuff like that. And then it turned out nothing. He was in love with her. He was a good guy. He was a good guy yeah, yeah. to the end. He wanted to be, you know, like a surrogate father to to Will and um, to you know old Mopey Mook having it off with Nancy, whatever his face is. I don't know. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. But they, um, well done. But, I mean, oh, I, it was, Bob is a pleasant surprise. I'd never actually thought he was 
necessarily well maybe first two episodes and then when he's sort of trying to tell will to stand up to whatever it is that's bothering him without really understanding the full ramifications of what that might be and will just trusting him um i thought hang on surely he must i know he dies and it was like i have a feeling he must he might not make this he might not make it through this he must it'll either be at the end or something will happen and i'm glad i'm sort of right with that I'm basically I'm not surprised he does die but I kind of had a feeling he might do I didn't ever felt that he was he was sometimes a bit overbearing as a character but never really felt he was necessarily that much he, of a bad guy he had a similar have you seen Lost Boys Duncan uh no he had a similar kind of creepy vibe to the head teacher in Lost Boys that's dating yeah fair up. point <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so I, maybe it is even the fact that he reminded me an awful lot of that character that made me think he was going to be a bad guy he was just too nice. Yeah, That's but, what it was for but me. also he didn't seem. He also, it didn't seem like he was the ki- kind of guy that Winona Ryder's character would want to would sort of be with. You know, like yeah. just like almost like he'd ingratiated himself in there, and it always felt a bit, little bit like he was a potentially insidious kind of presence in her life. Um, and they were, you know, they weren't actually shy with kind of making you feel that. They were actually quite quite overt with their intention to make you feel that um so it's not surprising that a lot of people did come away thinking like oh that's a real shame because like we thought he was bad and it turns out he's actually really good no he's dead and he got eaten in a corridor it makes you feel bad as well because the whole time you're rooting for hopper yeah like, you want hopper to get together with i can't even remember her name but let's just say together. will's mum joyce yeah. joyce yeah, the whole time you're rooting. It's for... Like someone's got notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole time you're rooting for those two to get together. So yeah. like the idea of someone else being just this good, good influence on her is not something I, think I can imagine. Say. Hopper giving Joyce the sort of ploughing that she wants, though, and Bob, <laughs> and Bob not really, and Bob trying his best, but not necessarily being as good. You know, well, I mean that's that's what season two does really well is because there is that sexual tension in season one and then suddenly season two you're like hang on who's this what what what's bob doing what no she should be with hopper but hopper's obviously still marginally dysfunctional you know he's incredibly dysfunctional and it's, it's made worse by the fact that you get this real feeling that all hopper wants to do is be like a proper dad balls deep in joyce what be a proper <laughs> he wants to get into her upside down (laughs) i know like literally like he spends like literally he spends like a whole episode like digging tunnels and like you know i know he wants to just be digging tunnels into joy like (laughs) joy seaman that man is digging tunnels he uh he 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 all he wants to do is be a good father like that's the because he never got a chance with his actual daughter but he he is has to be so careful with eleven because the last thing he wants to do is then lose eleven. Yeah, like he lost his daughter. Yeah, um, and then she's going through the rebellious phase. And once again, it's just these great arcs. I say Steve is is one of the best ones. Mm. It starts off as like this total dick. Like when he gets a kicking from Jonathan, you're like you want that to happen. Yeah, but but then he, he you start to feel sorry for him. Like you start to feel sorry for him that Jonathan's spending time with um, Nancy. Yeah. Um, and you start to feel sorry for him in general, but he he's becomes a better person because of it. He does. He becomes the babysitter. Yeah. The babysitter role for, for the, the kids and keeps them safe. Yeah. And particularly his relationship with Dustin 
is amazing. Yeah. I, I, those two are a great partnership. It's like older brother yeah. sort of relationship, which is really nice. And I also like that that's the sort of almost special like friendship that develops yeah. from that. Is that he's not maybe not necessarily close with everyone, but him and Dustin are proper like bros. Yeah. I, I in season two I also really like the Dustin Lucas dynamic. I know that they fall out because of their interest in Max, but I really like that actually in the end they do uh, sort of uh, make up. Yeah. Dustin is one of my favourite characters. He's I really great. like Dustin. I think he's one of people's favourite characters. The, he's awesome. The only bit that didn't sit particularly I mean I I can totally sympathise like with his sort of fancying Nancy because like who hasn't fancied you know a mate's older sister at at some point you know in their life but then but it's almost like that that could have just been left out of that could have just been left out of the episode it was very sweet that it was in there but it just it didn't really add anything to it like his character was already adorable it just didn't really go anywhere and also like i said his character was already adorable you didn't need to make him more adorable he's already a very likable and very you know good character we've mentioned it but the the child acting in this the kids are fucking amazing yeah although i will say it has come with some probably unwelcome attention on on people like millie bobby brown that's fucking wrong yeah i've seen some really weird shit with that and that is that's messed up she's what she's 15 now it's it's not helped by the fact that her social media is so is so that's what they people seem to draw on. Yeah. Like, and it, it happened also quite a lot with Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones, <laughs> is that people would seize on pictures that she posted on her social media, and then publish them everywhere, and then go, "Oh, isn't it ridiculous that they, you know, that she's being sexualized?" It's like, well, hang on, you're basically taking photos from someone's social media, and you're spreading that around, and it might be a holiday photograph or something like that. It's not, it's not right to. <laughs> To start talking about sexualization of of people in negative tones, if you're the very publications that are one hundred percent taking these pictures and putting them everywhere, you know she's not, you know she's not a character to be sexualized. She's not an actress to be sexualized. And to be fair, it's her choice. You know, when she's of an appropriate age, what she does. You know what I mean? Like actresses, like you yeah. know Amelia Clark and stuff like that. At some point, have the decision in her head: I'm going to go completely naked in the first episode of game of thrones you know there's there's that element where she's old enough to make that decision for herself at the moment i feel incredibly sorry for actresses and young actors Mm. in general who find them who find that choice taken away from them Mm. i feel particularly sorry for someone like millie bobby brown as well she she uh, has been through the ringer in terms of like how heavily scrutinized her instagram account is and yeah there's some stuff on there that probably shouldn't be on there yeah but but at the end of the day, what it's she's fifteen. It's social media. Yeah. Come on, it's not necessarily for. Yes, it's out there, but it's not necessarily there for print and analysis. It's just. Mm. Come on, she she's fifteen now. It's just, you know, it's just well now part of growing up is yeah. taking photos and sharing it with your friends, and just going, yeah, this is what's happening, and it's, it's nothing. Yeah, I I agree. From what I. Not that I follow the news mm. or anything strictly, but it has been a bit disturbing of what has filtered through to my little uh, filtered world. Absolutely, yeah. and I guess that the, the point, the reason I bring it up is that it actually that element of her fame yeah. obscures and often overshadows the unbelievably subtle way she plays L. Yeah, 
you know, a lot of people actually leveled criticism at her originally, saying like, well, she didn't really have much to do. Doesn't have to talk. But the point, like, is you look at yourself in the mirror and try and look scared and vulnerable. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you're hiding a a power that no one would understand. It's fucking impossible for me. I'm a 36 year old. It's impossible yeah. for my wife, who's uh, you know got some dramatic training. This is a this is a young young woman who is capable of of projecting this incredibly nuanced performance. Yeah. She's a living weapon. Yeah. You know, she's a weapon. Like, and she plays it with such you know, those later scenes where she is beginning to realise the full force of her power, the look of almost vehement vengeance on her face. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. She is a great, um, great actor. And, and to be fair, all the kids are. Yeah, they, they, they are all incredible. They act so well as kids. Yeah. Smart, cocky little shits. Yeah, excellent. So yeah, Strange Things so, Season 3 comes out Thursday. Yeah. All quite excited about it, except Duncan hasn't finished Season 2. Uh, yeah, no, I am very excited. I will try and finish it. I have been trying to finish it. This is why I got BT out to do something and they nice. didn't. Well, yeah. they did. Well, they tried. It was a brave attempt. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm excited because it'll all hit in one block yeah. and me and the missus will have something new to binge. Quite excited about that myself. Yeah. Excellent. So Strange Things, we're big fans. I, I think that was a love letter in the end, wasn't it? it did, well, it turned yeah. into a little bit of a condensed love letter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's it, I think. Okay, fair dues. Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, on that note, if you've never watched Stranger Things, after this episode, like, do you have any excuse but to watch it, considering how much love we've poured onto it? Um, It's an absolutely delicious cake, so you should go and eat it. Um, Anyway, thanks again to my wonderful co-host, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Uh, And (laughs) goodbye to my beloved Duncan up in Scotland in the Kinky Kitchen. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me, Tom. Uh, next week, hopefully, Russ may be back. If, in the meantime, you want to send us your opinions of Stranger Things, you want to talk about anything to do with Stranger Things, etc., and just, like, you know, kind of pour some love onto our social channels, you can hit us up on all sorts of formats, sorry, on all sorts of platforms, using the handle at TMTOOH, except for Pinterest, because we're not on Pinterest, and that's but shit. Pinterest. And Google I'm Hangouts, because that sucks ball bag. And we're not on Reddit, because fuck Reddit. Um, it's just filled with nonces. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say that uh, at this point, a disclaimer will be read. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, anyway, all right, I'll try that again. We're not on Pinterest, uh, Pinterest because fuck Pinterest. And we're not on Reddit because fuck Reddit too. Yeah. It's filled with nonces. Oh, bollocks, you I said it, it again. again. You did it again. Jesus. It's fine, we'll go. Right, on. okay, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, watch it. If you have, it's going to be awesome. It's Thursday. It's going to be on. Woohoo! And uh, on that note, let's cue the music. Let's cue the music. Cue the music. No, know. I say the cue. No, the mu- do you want to do it? No, I say it. Okay. So okay. Try again. And I'm let's... on Pinterest. <laughs> and let's cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. No, see, I said. No, I thought. Okay. On three, you do it, okay? okay? I promise I won't. One, two, three. Cue, cue fuck music. you again. <laughs> <laughs>